When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hello and welcome back to So I Got to Thinking, your weekly Sex in the City podcast, where we take the iconic questions of Carrie Bradshaw and apply them to modern life and love. You are listening as ever to Black Cherry, Dylan B. Jones and Purse Banana, Juno Dawson. <laughs> Hi, Dylan. Hi, Juno. For some reason, I knew I was going to be a Russian delicacy. I thought I might you be... You could have been veal in aspic. So. <laughs> I thought I might have been aspic and you might have been <laughs> black cherry. Yeah, food from that part of the world, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I wouldn't eat veal anyway because I'm a vegetarian, but veal <sighs> in jelly, absolutely not. Politically no. incorrect meat in jelly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, that's right. This week we are discussing season six, episode 12, one. Well, or is it episode 11? It's 12. The, the okay. one. The one. The one. No, the episode's just called one. Oh, is it? One. Yeah, it's one. Um, we're back. We're back. <laughs> Have you missed us? What's happened? Well, we've, I think this might be the first time we've come back where there hasn't been... In the interim, there hasn't been a lockdown or an and or a new prime minister. It's been quite <laughs> <laughs> for our, wow, for, consistent for the UK at least. It's been quite a mm-hmm. calm period. <laughs> I mean, we're at war. Well, there is that. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, and we have an unelected government dropping missiles on people. But yeah. other than that, everything's tickety boo over here. I think our listeners have missed us, Dylan, because I get lots of lovely Instagram messages from. Yes. So I got to thinking, listeners, think when are you coming back? When when are you back? Here we are. We're back. We thought it was best to wait until just the nothing months february january and february it's like the monday and tuesday of the year isn't it like Ooh, nothing happens i mean god at least february is short although it has an extra day this year there are 29 days in february this year oh. just stretching it out even longer have we i think we haven't recorded since we hit a million listeners have we we haven't we have so hit this a is million this is amazing listeners. yeah yeah what a what a i messaged uh, Juno when it happened and I said what a wonderful and ridiculous milestone we've reached mm-hmm. we've hit a million listeners for talking about Carrie Bradshaw and we couldn't be happier about it in the words of Charlotte I'm worth a million I'm worth a million um no thank you I mean it's it's that is I cannot imagine a million 
of anything. <laughs> so that's it's it's more listeners than than I can conceive <laughs> and how just how lovely how lovely and yet no still people are not sending us free things dylan a million listeners at the very least i mean we've i think probably the brand we've mentioned the most is vivian westwood granted a couple of times we've mentioned it we've been slagging it off but at the very least like a vivian, <laughs> like a vivian westwood pendant like one of those pendants would be yeah nice. they did <laughs> Do you know what vivian westwood did Offered to dress me for the Rolling Stones was, and they just didn't fit. Uh, My titties are just too big for Vivian, for unfortunately. Yeah, which is which is a real shame. I feel like for a lot of her clothes for female presenting people, you need a sort of Taylor Momsen frame, like a sort of goth. Well, I always thought frame. that Vivian Westwood <laughs> would be good for big boobs because it's all kind of corseted and squish things up to your chin. Yeah. But no, that 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 dress was not fastening over my back. <laughs> um so that that was the end of that. You could have just um, I mean, you could have just put a safety big safety pin in it and been like, oh, it's part <gasps> that of That would the... have been very Vivian Westwood. Yeah. It would have been... <laughs> Dylan, it would have needed to be a fairly big <laughs> safety pin. Um but yeah, no, um, we couldn't even scrounge up some freebies to go and see SJP in Plaza Suite. Yeah. And we tried really hard. Fuck you, Sarah um, Jessica Parker. No, I'm kidding. So this is us not promoting Plaza Suite. <laughs> so the last, the last word we'll say on it. That'll, that'll, sh- that'll show them. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Other other West End shows are available. Watch now. Um, now in like two weeks, we'll get we'll get like tickets through and have to go back and edit this out. Yeah, we'll be editing. Yeah, so nobody will ever know because we will have edited it out. So it'll be fine. Yeah, thanks, Martin. Just keep keep this one on the watch list. Um, um Juno has yes. been Juno's been doing some po- moonlighting podcast moonlighting, uh, with her lovely official BBC Doctor Who podcast for the Christmas specials. And now it's so legitimate. You know, you know, it's legit when you get a professional makeup artist, and for everything is filmed for YouTube. <laughs> and yeah, that's what I got. I, you know, I did. I got a full face of makeup for a podcast because everything was also on the official, the official Doctor Who YouTube channel. So oh, quite, quite um, I wasn't, right. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't wearing my Eurovision hoodie straight out the gym <laughs> for that one. Um, but um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a selfie of us now to celebrate the fact we're back of me looking just absolutely horrific and there you go so you can you now that's that that pitch that was on our instagram you just saw as that was live taken um dylan for the first time this series and i i know all our listeners love that sound effect do you want to bust open your potted synopsis i do something about the phrase bust open with that noise with that sound effect it's um is that what it sounds like when you jizz <laughs> it's, yeah, it's giving Seema with the penis pump guy again <laughs> um so season six episode 12 um i think this was inadvertently or slightly advertently quite a good place for us to take a break because it kind of feels like episode mm. one of a new season do you know what i mean yes like the cars pulling up carrie's getting out at the art exhibition um very quickly we meet alexander petrovsky brand new love interest who say alec alexandra alexandra say alexander alexandra um, welcome to juna's bad russian accent <laughs> i think there's gonna be a lot of it and he is actually uh not Russian, he is Latvian, the actor. <gasps> um, what an amazing fact. Thank you, Dylan. Yeah. Um, a few interesting fact about him, actually. I, was, I did a Wikipedia deep dive. 
Um, but uh-huh. anyway, Carrie, uh, Charlotte takes Carrie to an art exhibition. Carrie meets uh-huh. a legendary artist who both Charlotte and Samantha are very excited about, Alexander Petrosky. So he's like, he is like a, he's probably a celebrity in his field and in, and in, in his social circles, isn't he? Yeah. Um, rather than, he's not like a household name, but he's like known within certain circles. Yeah, I think every once in a blue moon, an artist kind of hits the pop culture yeah. sphere. The obvious one being Andy Warhol, whereas I think if anybody saw that picture of Marilyn or Elvis or Elizabeth Taylor, they would know it was an Andy Warhol. Yeah. Um, it, it's funny though, isn't it, that artists can be so successful in their field but rarely cross over into the mainstream. I think mm. Damien Hirst... Damien Hurst, uh, Anish Kapoor. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff Kuhn. Who's the one with all the, the Japanese one with all the balls? Yayoi Kusama. Mm-hmm. She's got all the Tracy bubbles. Tracy Emin. Tracy Emin. Yeah, so the, but there's only literally like, I could count on two hands probably, the amount of yeah. them in the last decade. So I, th- I think that's what Alexander Petrovsky's meant to be, kind of like a Jeff Kuhn style. Yeah. Sort of, if you know, you know, kind yeah. of. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlotte, um, very touching storyline for Charlotte this week. <gasps> yes, and I would like to say, trigger warning right up top mm. about we'll be talking about pregnancy loss. So if that's not something you want to hear about right now, skip this one. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very nicely done, I thought. We can get into it. Yeah. Um, Miranda, Miranda and Steve, a big moment for Miranda and Steve. Mm-hmm. Um and also generally just sort of Miranda grappling with like her being a- her not being able to handle saying that she loves Robert. Yeah. Um and Samantha's in it for about Ah, Samantha. Samantha's in it for I, I imagine her screen time this week is adds up to about three minutes. Um, oh, but what are three minutes? But what are, what three, are minutes? three minutes? <laughs> um, Chris walked in um just as she revealed her clown bush. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> to carry and and not for the first time it was like what is this show um, <laughs> so yeah samantha her her theme i guess if there is if the, if we are to find a theme is aging so she's dealing with aging mm-hmm. and one of those uh one of the things she comes up against is she finds a great pube um so yeah <laughs> the the question that we have to try and answer this week is when will we be done with the one or when will searching for the one be done yes that's it yeah yes when will searching for the one be done which i think so i guess i think works better on the the kind of um assonance of that works better on paper than it does in real life but yeah i think i think it's sort of about why and we, we've had this before. We, we've had, we had this last season with plus one is the loneliest number. That why do we let the one thing we don't have define how we feel about all the things we do have? Yeah. Um, and, and really, I think this is such a dramatic episode in terms of moving the plot along in that everybody's plot. We have a new love interest for Carrie, um, Charlotte and Harry's family, Miranda and Steve and Robert and Debbie that actually, I think we're just going to have to let the deeper philosophical question just kind of drop. Yeah, this, I this mean, week let's just yeah, we're just gonna have to drop it. It's all about there's some big life stuff happening for all four. Well, three of the women. <laughs> it's me. It is. It is a meaty episode, isn't it? Um, in particular, really meaty. Yeah. that brunch scene was actually quite wild. Like it was like Miranda was like 
Robert said, I love you. And then um, Carrie was like, oh, I've met Petrovsky. And then and then Charlotte arrives and she's like, I'm pregnant. And then Samantha's like, I found a great <laughs> Oh, yeah, Samantha's like itching. Scratching her crotch. And it's just like, what is going on? Um, directed, written by Michael Patrick King, directed by David Frankel. So it's got two mm. of the the big... I guess the big boys. Some of the OGs. <laughs> the yeah. OGs. David Frankel who directed Devil Wears Prada. Um and he's done a wow. few. Yeah, yeah. And his Sex in the City ones actually are good. He, the other one he did was really good as well. I can't remember which one it was. Mm. Um, it do, it does feel quite filmic. It does you can see you can see that. Especially yeah. the scene like with Petrovsky chasing after a yellow cab. So let's get into Petrovsky. Now I sense within the fandom that he's not a beloved character he almost borders on villain status yeah this could be this could be how it all ends up with him sort of spoiler alert he accidentally bops carrie in the face in about 10 episodes time yeah but um i think even before that if that scene did not exist i think people did not like petrovsky on a narrative level he is the final obstacle Mm. That had to be overcome for for Carrie to get to her final ending. Again, spoiler with Big. For her to get to her ending with Big, there had to be a final complication. And Petrovsky presents a complication for Carrie in so many different ways. She has to fall out with her friends. She has to leave New York. Um and what what a what a kind of a difficult character for Mikhail Baratnikov to play, you know, and, and how to how to do that. And I think it, it's similar. And I think there's probably similar feeling towards um, Helen Baxendale's Emily in Friends, mm. which is how do you introduce a character that is believably gonna get married in about seven episodes' time to one of your main cast? And I think. And Petrovsky's the same thing, which is how are they going to introduce a character that Carrie would believably want to leave her life in New York for? Um, and I think that's part of the problem because I think they slightly failed at that because it's kind mm. of not believable. Like, I don't know. They have, I think their chemistry is quite good in this episode. Yes. But it doesn't quite make sense. He's like, he's very much not, although maybe this was a purposeful decision. Maybe it was mm. meant to feel a bit off. So that viewers were like, oh, Car- as much as her friends were, maybe viewers were meant to be a bit like, oh, Carrie, like, what are you doing? Like, this is not you. So I've decided I'm going to use this rewatch to try and reevaluate my feelings around Petrovsky and sort of take him on a week by week basis. I think they thought really hard about what kind of man would Carrie Bradshaw be spellbound by? Mm. So he's based in the art scene, so she considers herself a romantic. So I think there's something quite renaissance about the fact he's an artist. You know, it's giving... It's giving Botticelli or something. You know, it's it's kind of... It feels right up her street. Um, He isn't very New York. So if Carrie has been dating in New York for 25 years, he's kind of a flavor she's never really experienced. He's not like New York men. He's not, he's like the antithesis of Mr. Big in that he is kind of available to her, but 
And I think this episode quite deliberately plays up his foreignness. Well, I was thinking shades of when she dates that French guy way back in season one. And yeah. she's like seduced by his. It sounds fucking ridiculous, but like she's like seduced by his foreignness and like mm-hmm. the romanticism of, of his foreignness, um, which is. Which it is, feels which is, like something out of a novel. Yeah, you can see why Carrie would be into it. And then we went to this sort of samovar at sort of like two a.m. <laughs> and had had tea with black cherries and meat jelly, and it was all. It, it you can see why Carrie would be intrigued. It's different. It's different from mm. her usual, like, from her usual fare, isn't it? Do you think, Dylan, now this is kind of a bitchy thing to say, do you think feeling towards Petrovsky might have been more sort of, um, if, if viewers might have been slightly more torn if he didn't look like a mogwai from Gremlins? <laughs> Do you know what? I watched Gremlins over Christmas for the first time ever, and I absolutely loved it. <laughs> it's because it's one of the best films ever. But did you fancy Gizmo? <laughs> yes. No, I didn't. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what? I went on Letterboxd. I've, I've been really getting into Letterboxd recently, mm-hmm. and I went on it to read the reviews of Gremlins. And of course, at the first review of it, someone had put like, okay, but what's, which, one, which is the most fuckable Gremlin? And I was like... <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah, no, I know. Is it the one lady gremlin from Gremlins <laughs> 2? Is it the lady gremlin? I know what you mean, like Petrovsky. Although he did, I he won me over a lot more than I remembered in this episode. He smoulders. He does a good smoulder. And he's, we've spoken a lot before on this podcast about how um, for us, like, uh, physical attractiveness or conventional phys- physical attractiveness mm-hmm. isn't necessarily the first thing, like he's very confident like i was thinking and what a great concept for a day as well he's like oh let's go to this art gallery at 3am i would have i would have been intrigued i would have said yes um and he looked great in his like linen and converse when she's on the phone to him that i loved that scene mm. um but but he does have nicola sturgeon's hair <laughs> but oh, and also Apart from anything else, just so, and I'm sure this was purposeful as well, so different from her usual type. She goes for big, broad, dark-featured, yeah. dark heavy-browed men, and he's not mm. any of that. You can definitely see, so the part was written for Mikhail Baratnikov, and this is pure SJP, isn't it, given that we know her absolute dedication to the New York Ballet. Oh, Mikhail yes. Mikhail Baratnikov is one of the all-time ballet greats. So she would have been, so Jessica Parker would have been very aware of him, and obviously she was like, right, we want this kind of sexy man and and so the part was devised for Barashnikov. there was there wasn't ever anybody else there was no there was no danger of anybody else ever playing Petrovsky but he's just so little and now this is my apology to all the shark kings listening you know you know Dylan that I would have only ever ended up with somebody taller than I am and he's he's he draws even with Sarah Jessica Parker in heels yeah. So he's probably about five four, five five. Yeah. Tops. Yeah. And you mm. like a big, a big Alexander Skarsgård in the Northman type of. Yeah. <laughs> mm. So it's he's just not for me. And so that's that's why even going back to two thousand and one, I was like, what the fuck? Going <laughs> to carry 
Like, why? And and so it was really hard to understand. This time, being a bit more scientific about it, he smolders, he, you know, he sort of looks into her soul. And also, um, I think it's interesting when, because it tells us a lot about Carrie as well, and a lot, mm-hmm. a, that, that we already knew, but it's interesting how Carrie, and great acting from all concerned, how Carrie, like, perks up a, li- a little bit when Samantha starts talking about like, oh, he was like a legend in Studio 54 and stuff with all these Mm -hmm. models and stuff. And then Carrie's a little bit more like, oh, oh, okay. Like when there's a bit of context to him, which I think was quite Mm -hmm. clever, which I think was clever. Um, Because she would would be like that. (laughs) And so basically in in summation, it makes sense that Carrie Bradshaw would be dating Alexander Petrovsky. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think we have to even the most fervent hater has to accept that Carrie's a bit of a dickhead. Alexander Petrovsky's a bit of a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> match made. Maybe in they him. should be dating. Oh my god! I loved he... Carrie's. I loved Carrie's dress. Yeah. the purple handkerchief dress. I knew with I the did. Bar underneath, I did, mm-hmm. and I knew you would as well. And that mm-hmm. hair pinned up looked really nice. Mm. Um, Her hair. After six seasons, this is the <laughs> best hair she's ever had. Dyed to perfection. Yeah. Sort of dark with incredible kind of blonde stripes. Really, really gorgeous. Nice, nice length, kind of mid-length. Um, the, the, it feels like they've turned down the makeup. So in season five, that's Carrie's must drag queen makeup, where she looks really wild. <laughs> where she like, looked like really... Pandora box in uh, when they were in Atlantic City. <laughs> right. Oh god, insane makeup. So yeah. Um, so they've they've chilled it all back a bit. Um, so you know she looks incredible. Um, <laughs> what, do you think the artist is meant to be? Is it Marina Abramovich? Is yeah. that who, is that like an ode to her kind of? It's very that. This was my least favourite part of the episode. Um, just because I think poking fun at, as much as it does often be deserve, deserve to be poked fun at, poking uh-huh. fun at like the art world and that kind of art is such low hanging fruit. Oh, and, cheap shot, yeah. Yeah, and I also like was thinking it doesn't make sense that Carrie would be so disparaging of art mm-hmm. because she's like sentimental and imaginative and I think she'd be into it. So it was weird, but they probably did it so that she had that back and forth with Petrovsky. Um, and it was 22 years ago. Do you think in 22 years, perhaps as a result of Marina that we've kind of, we've slightly expanded our view on performance art. I wonder mm-hmm. if 20 years ago and, and Charlotte comments, you know, that, um, you know, having performance art as installation is unusual. So I mean, maybe it was. I mean, yeah. maybe maybe they'd recently seen something in New York combining performance art and installation. Um, I, I, did, I mean, we we are so used to it now. Perhaps I did actually wonder. Yeah, we're we're on the same like wavelength of that because I wondered. I thought because it seemed quite random that they'd included it, and I thought maybe it was uh-huh. kind of part of the conversation. The zeitgeist in the conversation at the time like it was a new thing and I tried googling like performance art New York City and obviously like (laughs) it was just like Mm. a sea of I couldn't even find like anything to do with it but um yeah could be could be that it was was it Tilda Swinton who once slept in a case I wouldn't put it past David Beckham I wouldn't put it past her 
<laughs> it was someone I think I think possibly t- there was one where t- people queued up to see Tilda Swinton asleep in yes. a glass case in a museum. And then of course the ultimate um installation as art was everybody queuing up to see the Queen's dead body. Oh yes. I mean that was definitely yeah. art. Um, yeah, if you if you're willing to do that, then you're willing to go <laughs> see a woman starve in an art. Although it does beg the question, what if she was there for three weeks, was she eating? She must have been. She'd have died. Yeah, she had to eat. She had to have eaten. Yeah, she had to. Maybe people were delivering food to her. Deliveroo climbing up the knife ladder. Fifteen <laughs> <laughs> like, percent like, tip. Ah, ah. Throwing like the burger box up and then the sauce box. <laughs> Just spinning McDonald's up <laughs> the ladder. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, I just, and here we are making fun of performance art. I know. <laughs> Sorry, we've just we walked into it. It's just it's easy to do. It's it's low hanging fruit. Um, I just googled it. it was Tilda Swinton? Ah, oh, there you go. Tilda Swinton. There she lies, a woman stretched out on a white mattress, encoffined in glass. Oh. Um, says oh. the NewRepublic.com. Um, you did not think was significant. <laughs> <laughs> you are comic. You are coming. I did love SJP's acting when um, Charlotte was like gushing to Petrovsky and she was saying like, you defined 70s in the terms of progressive and like Carrie's just like fucking like fidgeting and she's just like in the yeah. background just like, just like fidgeting around. <laughs> and we, I mean, we've all done that when, you, when you're with a friend and they're like really obsessed with somebody slightly famous and you're like, I've literally never seen you in anything <laughs> yeah. ever. Like, I don't know who you are. I've never seen your show. And then, so all you can do is fib and just like, mm, yeah, right. Yeah. Love, love that for you. Love yeah. that journey. Um, so to be continued, more Petrovsky next week. Uncomfortable with her taking a lover? Let's find out next week. Um, <laughs> let's take a little break. And then when we get back, we've got so much more to talk about because we've got so much Miranda and so much Charlotte stuff to cover. Yes. And Sh- Samantha's one grey pube. So enjoy <laughs> these short messages and we'll be right back. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. 
Hello, and welcome back to So I Got to Thinking. Um, the one, 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 just, just one, like the U2 song. Um, welcome back. Um, let's discuss... Let's start with the heaviest one. Let's start with Charlotte. Yes. Um, how good is Kristen Davis in this episode? I had... For- well, I... I- I was going to say I'd forgotten, but that's inaccurate because I never actually realised how good she mm. is in this episode. Um, just going from like that look of like when Carrie comes over mm. and she's just sitting there on the sofa, like just clearly that devastation, you can feel it. Mm. Um, and then to like reclaiming what an amazing moment, like reclaiming yeah. her like courage through the, power. through the medium of Elizabeth Taylor. Now um, is the time for guts and, and guile. guile. <laughs> I always remember that when I'm feeling like shit, I'm always like, you can do this. Think Elizabeth Taylor via Sex and the City, via Charlotte. Put on your pink dress and put the sunglasses down. On. Yeah. Cock your, put your chin up high. The E True Hollywood Story. (laughs) But, like, what a. And this is when Sex and the City is at its absolute best, is when Mm -hmm. it really uh, deftly combines, like, really real emotional stuff Mm -hmm. with then the Elizabeth Taylor thing was touching and, like, just funny enough, like, not so funny that they were poking fun of any of it at all, but, like, Mm -hmm. funny. Um, and just, yeah, just great, great stuff. And about where women find inspiration. And sometimes you yeah. find inspiration in the strangest of places. Yeah. And it rang true to me that Charlotte is in the doldrums until she comes across a really tacky documentary about Elizabeth Taylor. And, and from that, she finds what it is she needs in that moment. And I think we've all done that where you know, you're sort of like, you're just miserable and then randomly you watch an episode of fucking Repair Shop and you're like, I'm alive again. I'm I'm revived. I am risen. Um, or in fact, and of, I think that was good. Or for both of us, I'm sure, in fact, an episode of Sex and the City. <laughs> 100%. Absolutely. God, Sex and the City has inspired me more times than I can count. Yeah. Um, I thought it's really good as well. I mean, I will say... um. So many of my friends have been through pregnancy loss in the early days. I'm, what, 42 now? And all through, all through my 30s. And even now, you know, I'm not going to name names and draw attention to individuals. But it still happens. And every time it's such a shit situation, but it's so common. And one of the good things now that I think has changed since this episode is I think now people are getting so much more open Mm. about their pregnancy loss. I think it used to be considered something quite shameful. And as we discover with Charlotte in a couple of weeks, you know, it's something that she really internalizes. Like, I think there's something wrong with me Mm. because I'm not able to do this thing, which particularly cis girls are told their whole lives that this is kind of your destiny. You know, this is your reason for being on this earth. And that's why any sort of person's negotiation with the idea of parenthood and especially motherhood is, is so complicated because whether you choose to have children or not, it's kind of something that all 
and I think this really does apply to cis girls, it's something that cis girls just can't avoid it. You know, you're either told, oh, you know, of course you'll want babies or you'll you'll want a baby when you meet the right person. Mm. Well, as soon as I transitioned, people started asking me, do you want children? Mm. Nobody had ever asked me that before. Never before I was a woman. Yeah. You know, and so I think um, I think the, the worst thing you can do is kind of hide and and because I think it's just like I said, it's so common. Like yeah. I, I, in fact, I don't know many people, women in particular, who got pregnant on the first attempt and carried that baby all the way through to nine months. And I think there is a um, a solidarity and a support to be found from knowing that this is something that an awful awful lot of people go through and it's not personal you're not cursed it's just one of those things and i think that that the episode does that well harry says harry says it happens a lot the doctor said it's really good we get pregnant and of course eventually charlotte will go on to carry a baby to term in the in the form of rock um and of course adopt a satan baby in the form (laughs) of lily i think it's i think it's said twice isn't it that it's very common Mm -hmm. Um, super 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 common which is great um and yeah j- just a really important i guess one of sex in the city's most important storylines really if it's mm-hmm. if it's um kind of helping women in that way to both to both let them to both let people know that it's common when they might not otherwise have actually known that because it's been talked about so little um yeah. and also just helping perceptions of it in general um I really loved loved the scene um Carrie good friending when she's straight over um, yeah. and so sweet that just Harry the first thing Harry did was call her yeah. um and I really liked it as well when cuz we love those moments where it shows how close they all are because these people have been friends for a long time now when she just quickly like touches Harry's arm and she says are you okay yeah um, oh it's a love and i almost wonder if that was improvised yeah it, was, it felt very truthful yeah yeah um yeah lovely and harry i mean evan handler handles it really well as well when he goes to miranda's party and miranda talks to him and he's like i don't know what to do and it's yeah it's like there's nothing you can't if i've learned one thing it's that you can't pull somebody out of a depression you can't yeah. cheerlead someone out of a depression it just does not work like that that was a bit that i think was done really well as well when um carrie was talking to charlotte when she went around mm-hmm. and charlotte was really upset um and she was saying i can't remember exactly what she said but she was saying things like oh and I, I, apparently this happens all the time and you can try again and you can just tell yeah. that like it's not good you like you can just tell no. that charlotte's just not like and when you're in that kind of headspace it doesn't like nothing anyone says helps does it and i think she no. Kristen davis portrayed that really well with very little dialogue yeah actually Be really interesting really interesting to see the script on that one where she barely she only says one line to carrie which is i can't go to brady's party um and then obviously the scenes where she's watching Elizabeth Taylor, she, again, she's she's acting without dialogue. When she walks out of the apartment, she has no dialogue. Mm. And then when she arrives at Miranda's party, she only has yeah, one, one line of dialogue, which is smile. Um, or happy birthday, Brady, or something. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, just an incredible thing. And, and it's it's funny, isn't it? Because we when and just like that first started, we talked a little bit about Kristen Davis's 
the time it took her to find her way back to Charlotte. Yes. And I think and I think she has done. Yeah. Even if and just like that now feels like a weird COVID dream that I keep having. <laughs> 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 but anyway, that's the, that's for another time. Um, let's move on to Miranda and Steve and um, Blair Underwood yes. waiting for his cue. That's my favourite scene where Blair Underwood is waiting for his cue with the balloons, and then you see him almost hit his mark. Like he's just <laughs> waiting to move. It's brilliant. Um, that's not his fault. It, that was a directorial thing. Um, as the camera moves, action on Blair Underwood. But yeah, um, the cookie. <laughs> cookie oh i think if someone even if blair underwood gave me a giant cookie that said i love you on it i'd be a little bit like ick (laughs) no i want to blair underwood if you're listening to this please give me an i love you cookie we're accepting i will still like miranda i would eat the whole thing (laughs) when she just it is so funny and i can't explain why when she's just like compulsively eating the whole thing and it's also (laughs) It's also like one of the most gift for some reason, like gifable. I see that gift constantly of just Miranda eating the cookie. Um, but, just um, hide the evidence, Miranda. It's just such a fucking big cookie as well. It's like, ridiculous. It's the size like, of so like American portions. I mean, like the cookie, the the pizza that they get is the size of mm-hmm. a dustbin lid, and then the cookie <laughs> is the size of like one of our pizzas in the UK. Like yeah. it's ridiculous. Um, what else? What was the other ridiculous bit? Yeah, so she freaks out about him having said mm-hmm. I love you um, mm-hmm. and says I am so fucked up like about a thousand times mm-hmm. down the phone to Carrie and then she watches Jules and Mimi and then <laughs> Jules and Mimi say I love you to each other mm-hmm. um, and, um, and Debbie Debbie says that she loves Steve. Debbie looking stunning. Oh. Just She's the most gorgeous. So yeah. stunning. I looked at the actor and she is I don't Elaine something. I can't pronounce the surname. Yeah, yeah. Which is obvious. I would say strongly I would I would guess it's Greek. Yeah, it begins with an X, doesn't it? Her surname, I think. Um but she I looked her up and did a bit of stalking. She seems to be just living her best life. She's got a couple of kids. Um seems to not be in the public eye very much. Mm. anymore but good for her a sweet simple beautiful greek girl yeah like maybe that should have been the spin-off they did (laughs) rather than (laughs) just like debbie debbie the greek i did really like that she um like her and mary brady got on really Mm -hmm. well and they were like she was like she said to her oh debbie do you want a beer and debbie was like sure and then miranda was sort of like standing there awkwardly i really liked that dynamic of those two just clicking and Miranda feeling There's a class analysis to be had around Steve Brady's family. So obviously Irish New York family, Mary Brady, being able, Mary Brady being able to interact with Debbie in a way that she cannot interact with Miranda, possibly because of a bit of a difference in background and education. Yeah. Um, that that's not really explored, but or she feels like she can't, or like Miranda feels like she can't, or yeah. Mm-hmm. But I I did like that, but um yeah, unfortunately the the cookie is the yeah. death knell for Paul Robert Leeds, and I guess because it shows a strange like 
If I was buying a gift for Miranda, never would I buy her a cookie that said I love you. <laughs> it That's shows, bizarre, just yeah, baffling. It shows he doesn't know her, like, yeah. really. And then again, I got the ick from him when he's like, which is such a weird line, when he's like, you like chocolate, don't you? Oh like, my oh. God, I'm so glad you said that. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, it's the way he sort of says it to the back of her head, ooh. like a serial killer. Very... Like, you like chocolate. Ah, it's the chocolate killer, everyone. Run. Very that's, what that's, the, that's the last words you hear before you die. Oh my god! Um, but yeah, that was weird as well. Um, uh, uh, but he's in it next week, isn't he? Being like, yeah, behaving even er- more serial killer. Yeah, yeah. behaving erratically. Mm-hmm. Um, but I loved the scene in the airing cupboard. Um, well, exactly. When when you love someone, it's not hard to say you love them, is it, Miranda? Yeah. And then Steve's like, I love you too. And then my favourite bit was Magda catching them. <gasps> she knew. <laughs> she the knew. magical old woman. Everybody <laughs> knows old women are magical. When you turn 50, women become magic. And yes, um, Magda Magda is a witch. And she, she knew all along that those two were destined to be together until Miranda dumps him for Che Diaz in 20 years' time. <laughs> I, I can't. Oh. It really shits on the whole season, doesn't it? <laughs> kind of like they get married in a couple of weeks. That, that's dead as well now. Oh, God. Do you think she's already suffering from early onset dementia at this point? Well, <laughs> hence, I mean. Hence hiring a clown for an adult only party. <laughs> Could be. Yeah, she does seem yeah. a bit out of it, doesn't she? Mm. Um, maybe, they knew, maybe they did say, P.S., you have Alzheimer's. In a couple of weeks, you've got out. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. You'll be eating pizza out of a bin in, in nine weeks, babe. <laughs> this pizza tastes like garbage. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed Carrie's line, Brady's one year old, and yet I haven't aged today. <laughs> well, well, Dylan. She actually let's kind think of a hasn't. bit about timeline. <laughs> because, okay, so let's, so if we remember, Miranda gave birth at the end of season four. Yeah. So we stand here now halfway through season six, but only one year has passed and Aiden has a child. Are so you- in the space of this year, Aiden met, impregnated, birthed, and is now carrying a baby around Manhattan. Do you think it was their determination to keep it in, in eternal summer that screwed up the timeline? Because if mm, if season some, some bullshit is happening, if season somewhere. five had been in winter, that could have been winter of the same year, and then yeah, yeah. There's if it <laughs> if it weren't for Aiden's baby, I could have probably gone okay. Yeah, but um, I think there's some other. It's Aiden's child is what's confusing things. Um, also, and what's... obviously, the reason Brady can't be two is because they really needed the episode to be about the one. <laughs> so yeah, true. Also, like, what's happening with Carrie's book at this point? I suddenly thought of it in this episode, and I was like, we haven't heard it. Her book just sort of came out to not much fanfare. And then she just like went back to writing her column. She got her advance from France. Oh, that's true. Yeah, but we mm. haven't heard anything since then, have we? Well, she's about to stumble upon her French fan base and fuck them over. If we, if we recall, so. there is something about that scene that I find so devastating. Sad. I just feel so bad. We're jumping the gun. Well, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll come. We'll come to it. We'll see you here in ten weeks' time. Um. But yes, um, no, um, but hooray, hooray for Miranda and Steve. Yeah. Um, three weeks later, they were back together. Yeah. Um, which leaves us just with Samantha and her grey pube, Dylan. 
I've got a grey pube. Have you? Yeah. I found a grey hair in my beard the other day. I've just got one grey pube. Oh. And every single time I see it, I think of Samantha. <laughs> and I think of, I think of, do you know what? The line that has haunted me more than anything else from Sex and the City is that if you pluck a hair, six will come to its funeral. funeral. <laughs> and Carrie rightly is like, bitch, but... What if Samantha's right And this is why to this day When I have a head full of grey hair And I dare not pluck them out In (laughs) case I am cursed with six more Listeners, please tell me I'm not the only person Who truly buys into Samantha's old wives tale You can just buy yourself a box of nice and easy and um and dye well, it. Well, Dylan, I will be honest out. with you. My at the moment, I have bright red hair, so clearly I'm not above dyeing <laughs> my hair. But um, I've never dyed my pubes. No, that would it would be really uncomfortable apart from anything mm. else. Do you enjoy a full bush, Dylan? Um, I I don't have a preference actually. <laughs> then you put say I don't have any pubes. Don't have so any pubes. Like, <laughs> what never? <laughs> no, as long as no it's fine. As long as it's not like you know like coming over the rim of the cup. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. like as long as it's not like <laughs> overflowing out of the underwear. <laughs> right, okay. Like not crazy, but but hair is fine. I don't mind. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think I don't understand particularly why cis men don't trim their pubes because it just makes everything look bigger, yeah. kind of in a bit tidier, kind of. Yeah. Um, I have always enjoyed, like, sort of topiary. Yeah. I always think I don't understand total baldness down there. No, um, I actually, it freaks uh, me out. I f- it freaks me out a bit. It feels a bit childlike. Yeah, or like um, uncooked meat, uncooked chicken. <laughs> yeah, again, it, th- this is this is very a very a pawny thing, and this is the the unfortunately pawn has frazzled our brains. That I think particularly a totally bald cis man looks really weird, like super weird, whereas. <laughs> I think a totally bald cis woman, mm. sadly, has almost become the norm in porn. Yeah. So it's kind of like, but um, no, I, I like, I like a landing strip, basically. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the scene, the bathroom scene, the two hander <laughs> with Kim Cattrall and Sarah Jessica Parker, is perfect on every the plate of pasta, <laughs> Carrie's reaction. It's just glorious. I belly laughed, really laughed. I can't remember the last time I've laughed this much at Sex and the City. And it's such a stupid line as well when Samantha's like, no one, no one wants to fuck grandma's fuck pussy. Fuck grandma's pussy. And then yeah. Carrie's like, this is a child's birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh, I wish they'd got on. Again, it seems like this where you're kind of like, it's all so sad that those actors could not. Yeah. I like to think that a bit like have you seen September issue? Uh oh no I haven't. Oh you should watch it like clearly Anna Winter and Grace Coddington clearly despise each other. Yeah. But it's really obvious that they have absolute respect for one another. Interesting. And they yeah. understand that no one in the world can do their respective jobs better than Anna Winter and Grace Coddington. Yeah. And I like to think that Sarah Jessica Parker and Kim Cattrall understand that they are actors at the top of their game and Sex and the City would not have worked if 
either one of them hadn't been in it. And that's kind of why I'm just like, that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, yeah. Mm. The visual gag was pretty good as well from like her Like, what an books. amazing Merkin. <laughs> <laughs> like, some some hardworking prop person had to make... But how realistic, sir, pube-like. <laughs> Fantastically pube-like. I wouldn't be surprised if Kim Cattrall was like, I'll just grow my pubes and dye them orange and you can just shoot it. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I mean, also, I doff my cap too nice and easy for agreeing to that product placement. Because I'm yeah. fairly sure it says somewhere on the head, I don't use this anywhere other than your head, so. Yeah, and it also kind of implies that like it might come out how it's not because the the box that she buys is blonde and then it comes out orange. Yeah. Um, although she does say I left it on too long, so it's takes- well. The issue isn't leaving it on too long because actually, if she left it on too long, it would be blonde. Yeah. Um, I guess. Well, who who can say? <laughs> who can say? But by the end, it was all gone. I loved Smith's bummer. Yeah. <laughs> like he just really loves the full bush. Bummer. He's a simple young man who loves a loves a <laughs> load of pubes. Good mm. for good for him. <laughs> and we we ask you that question as well, listeners. Do you enjoy a full bush? <laughs> okay, <laughs> we're a community, and I I like to think now you feel safe enough to tell us about pubes. Also, pubes. We talked a lot about pubes. When we had Callie Thorpe on and we asked people to write write in and loads of people wrote in about their pubes. So it's Thanks, a, thanks it's a listeners. We love it. Topic. <laughs> yeah. We well, again, it's something it doesn't whatever your background, whatever your gender or sexuality, it's common ground. We all have pubes, unless you have alopecia. Because yeah. actually then you wouldn't have pubes. Yeah. So there you mm. <laughs> um in terms of when will we when will we be done with the one or when will searching for the one be done? Mm. Um never. It's the human condition. We're always looking for something. We are creatures of want. What can I say? I think you're right. Yes. But I do I agree that one thing is not gonna change your life. And that's kind of where Miranda that's where she has her little breakdown. She thought that once she met a man like Dr. Robert Leeds, all her bullshit would go away. And that does not work i always i've done this throughout my career if i could just get a book deal if i could just get an american book deal if i could just sell the tv rights then Mm. then i will be satisfied and you know what i think as human beings we are never fully satisfied and i don't think that's a bad thing because it keeps you keeps you looking yeah yeah and keeps you trying definitely and yeah i think like in a in a relationship sense if you're determined to, again, we've spoken about this before, haven't we? Yeah. But if you're always determined to find the one, the perfect one, you can screw yourself mm-hmm. over because you'll always be looking. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that that's it's Quentin Crisp's Tall Dark Stranger, isn't it? Which is, yeah. there's always, and I think especially if you live in a city, there's that constant sense that the grass is always greener and that somebody else is just around the corner. Yeah. Um. Another Samantha quote. Yes, I need glasses. I'm not ashamed. I have a sexy young man who loves to fuck me and I'm fabulous. That's her first line in the episode. (laughs) Um. Same, girl, same. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Although I am nearly, I'm nearly the same age as Samantha in this episode. I don't feel like I'm that old. I just don't feel like I'm Samantha yet. Well, it's not old. It's not old. old. But when I watched this back when I was a kid, it felt really old. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, 
there was a woke Charlotte moment when Harry says, I'm not going to get sold into white slavery, am I? Oh my God, yes. <laughs> the, the Russians, the Russians well known for selling columnists into white slavery. <laughs> Petrovsky what? quite rightly is like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Carrie. Yeah, that, that's that's truly Carrie what he was planning all along. Although she does get trafficked to France. So. <laughs> oh my God, trafficked to Paris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um. Okay. Thank you very much for joining us. Who is our last run? These are the last 10 episodes of Sex and the City. Of the, OG. Of the original series, yeah. I know, I'm just looking up what we've got next. Um, what episode we've got next. Sex and the City, season six, episode 13. Let There Be Light. Um, in which... Oh yeah, uh, Robert Leeds freaks out. Um, Charlotte does volunteer work. Oh, is it where she gets led around being blind? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Andy Cohen. I think Andy Cohen has a cameo next week. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So, yes, we'll be back next week for... There's a funny little run now. I will say the back, the back end of season six. Odd. Until we get to splat. There's not a lot of iconic episodes. So let's bear with us. Yeah. We'll get through it together. We'll get through it as a gang. Um, and we will see you same time. Well, well, we'll see you next Tuesday as ever. Until then, take care of yourselves. Bye. 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 If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.